What makes a leader? What pulls us beyond what we thought was our best and into sustained greatness? Tune in right here with Ron Kitchens to learn how to challenge and change your best so that you can move forward into leading at your highest level. Hey everyone, I'm Shannon Allen on the Always Forward Leadership Podcast with Ron Kitchens. Ron, how are you today? I am awesome, which I don't have my mic right, I'm sorry. I'm still awesome. (laughs) I'm sure they'll make us look and sound good, despite anything we do. Well, I'm glad to hear that you are awesome. Um, You know, I was thinking today about advice, you know? How we give advice, we receive advice. We give a lot of advice on this podcast. Too. And I'm going to ask you, what is the best and the worst piece of advice that you've ever gotten? That's... Hmm. Worst piece of advice. Wow, that's hard. I've gotten a lot of great advice through the years. So, great advice... um, People will disagree with this, um, but my grandfather, um, who retired at age 55, mm-hmm. so he um, carried a toolbox for Sears, started with them after, you know, after the war and, you know, the Great Depression and all that. And uh, so at 55, you know, figured he'd live to be 68, he lived to be 96. Mm-hmm. And so he was retired far longer than he um, worked. And I said at the end of his life, you know, what lesson did you not teach me? What advice do you have for me? And he thought about it, and he goes, you can change jobs, but you should never retire. Wow. And I'm like, oh, tell me why. And he goes, well, I retired early, and everybody was old, and so I had nothing in common with them, so I had no friends. Then when I got as old as the people who were just retiring, they had 10 years of experience more in a modern world, and so we had nothing in common, and I had no friends. Mm-hmm. And now I've lived all of these years, and the hardest part about my life has been keeping my mind sharp because I have no challenges right. or problems to solve. Wow. And finding problems to solve is how you keep your mind sharp and your soul on fire. Mm-hmm. And that above all things that stuck with me. You know, my good friend John Plotnick used to say, you can change jobs all you want, just never change careers. Because you're competing then with somebody who's been doing something forever. I think the world changed a little bit. That might be 90, not 99% correct today, but still pretty correct. But I think in a world where we're all living longer, when in a world where work is more mental, where there's more gig opportunity, this idea of working longer and redefining the rules of work yeah. really entices me. Yeah. And so I got a long time before that's an issue. <laughs> but it, uh, I think that's a piece of good advice. Um, I worked for a guy once whose management style, he called it maximum anxiety. Mm-hmm. And his advice to me as somebody, I'd moved into management and and clearly was not what I wanted to do, but I really felt a calling to be um, bridging business and community, and it was a opportunity to look at that. And um, and his advice to me was every day 
people should be on the verge of quitting and on the verge of kicking your ass. And that's when you know you're going to get the most work out of them. Wow. And twice, I've shared this story with you, twice I had to pull employees off of him who were kicking his ass. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I'm not supposed to cuss like that. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> yeah. But the... Um, but it was just like the stupidest, crazy advice. Yeah, that's not I've good advice. Seen. And I, yeah. 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 I think the best advice I've ever gotten is assume you can do anything until it's proven wrong. And so I really, you know, if you give me something new to try, I just trick myself and I just assume that I can do it until, unless something happens where I prove myself wrong. So, and that has really always opened doors for me to just learn new things and try new things and master new skills. Um, and then I think the worst piece of advice I've gotten is kind of the opposite of that. It's like, you know, be careful what responsibilities you take on. Be careful with what you try. Don't throw yourself out there too much. Um, and all the people who I know who live like that, they kind of just stay in the same place, you know, pretty much for their whole life. So I would say that's the best and worst advice I've gotten, kind of the opposite of each other. So in that first piece of advice, how is a leader, we're in different generations, mm -hmm. but how does, we'll just call it a young woman, mm -hmm. tell an older man, your supervisor, your boss, mm -hmm. we don't have those terms in our offices, but you know, your mentor partner would be our words. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you convey, here's how I live my life, now please don't limit the opportunities I get until I prove to you that I can't take more. I is think, that a, yeah, you know the question no, I'm trying to ask? I do, I do. And I think a big thing is to actually verbalize exactly what you just said. I mean, I remember us sitting in your office and, you know, I think I had just started working with you and you were like, I think I'm just going to give you stuff until you ask me to stop. But I need to be able to trust that you're going to ask me to stop if you need to. And it's like, yeah. And we, we made that covenant with each other of mm -hmm. like, Ron, you can trust me to tell you if I'm overloaded, and I'm going to trust that you're not going to assume I can't do something, that you're just going to let me try it, you know? Yeah, and I think that's important to have that, because I'm at a point in my life that I have weird flexibility mm -hmm. in that it is, I enjoy working Sunday afternoons. Right. I enjoy getting ready for the weekend, reading for work, and, and responding to emails, and that gives me great joy. But then I may also take a four-day weekend mm -hmm. just because I want a four-day weekend right. and I want to go to a music fest in Key West the last weekend in January. Anybody who happens <laughs> to be there, Mile Zero Festival, I'll see you there. It should be warm. It will be. Yeah. Uh, I'm believing. <laughs> I'm believing. Yeah, I mean, Key West um, is its own weather bubble. There so we go. It, it's very contradictory it's, to everything it's else. It's its own something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. So if you have been listening to Always Forward for any length of time, um, you have heard Ron reference what he likes to call the Olivia Pope question. And that question is, Ron, what is that question? What do you want? Exactly. And it's about understanding your why and understanding what it is that you're running after and trying to achieve. And I think that's really important um, when you're strategizing for greatness to know what you want. So on today's episode, we're going to dig little deeper to kind of understand how to uncover your purpose and your passion and to really own what do you want. So uh, my first question would be for you, for those who are new listeners, um, what exactly do you mean when you ask that question? 
I think most people, most uh, leaders that I know that are thriving and driving have what I call in my life a holy discontent. Mm -hmm. I have a discontent that was placed in me. It is not a coveting. Mm -hmm. I'm not discontented because I want what somebody else wants. I can look at somebody who's driving a nice car and go, that would be awesome, but I like my car a lot. You know, I can look at, so it's not a You have a a great car, by the way. Yeah, Yeah. well, you know, (laughs) King Ranch is a pretty great car. Yeah. The, but I have a holy discontent that I want more success so that I can give away more success. So the work that I'm doing has bigger and greater impact. Mm -hmm. So I'm much more interested in impact and influence. And so, but being able to define that, so I think most people really know what they want. They're embarrassed to say it. Most, because it took me a long time to say um, that impact and influence are more important to me than money. Because when you're managing your career, money is really easy to define. Right. I can go, so-and-so makes this much, so I want to make more than that. You know, it's like, you know, your favorite guy in the entire world, other than me, Nick Saban. <laughs> yes, there's somebody that she likes better than me, Nick yes. Saban. And, um, but that, you know, it's pretty easy. Everybody in the country measures, all coaches measure right. their salary off Nick Saban's salary. Pretty easy to do. But you have coaches who said, you know what, I can move and make a little more money, but what I really want is to be in a program where I know that I can have high graduation rates. And I know that we're going to get kids through in in four and a half or five years. I know Here's the impact and the influence that I want to have combined to that Mm -hmm. with the salary. And I think that's really hard for most people to say. So for me, it's being willing to be vulnerable enough to say what you really want. Mm I have a friend who's a, a psychi- psychologist, and um, and her practice is nearly exclusively young women who have anxiety about marriage, mm-hmm. and a, really it's about lack of opportunities and how you measure success. If I'm successful here and here, but I'm not successful in this area of my life, and. Um, but that's, so I, we were talking, and I said, what's the hardest part about your job? And said, to get people to admit that they, um, that it's not their career that they're anxious about. It's not the economy. It's not COVID. It's that they can't meet a spouse. Yeah. And, uh, and they're really worried about that. And that was one of those things that just didn't dawn on me. Mm-hmm. But it was another one of those cases of verbalizing what you want, what you really, really want. Right. So I'm throwing a, I'm throwing a little, <laughs> a little 70, spice girls, little in, spice there. girls <laughs> in there, the spice in there, the uh, throwing that in there that, you know, it's hard to get people to admit what they yeah. want. Definitely. And I think a lot of that has to do with society many times tries to say, well, success looks like this, this and this. Yeah. And if you don't fit in these boxes, then you're not successful. If you're a young woman past the age of 30 and you're not married. Well, there's something wrong because that's not a part of the formula for success. And so being willing to say, wait, I want something that doesn't fit in those boxes. I think mm-hmm. you're right on the head about or how I want it, Or I want it in a different order. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, that kind of segues into my next question because as, 
the question's deceptively easy, like what do you want? But we know just from watching the show Scandal, right? People usually are not able they to answer never. that question. No. So Olivia Pope asks them every time, "What yeah. do you want?" and you know, their their wife could be dead on the carpet mm-hmm. and they're holding the bow and the arrow is in her and they claim they didn't do it. Right. And they'll just tell Olivia and Olivia Pope, so what do you want me to do about it? Well, well, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why well, do you why do you think people struggle to answer that question? I think most people um most people don't feel as great as they are. Mm. Amy Cuddy, the uh, Harvard psychologist, um, who is the, just one of the great followers, if you, if you uh, want to know about great psychology or the Grateful Dead, Amy Cuddy is the person <laughs> to follow. So she goes on the Dead and Company tour every year. And uh, Amy's, I've only been around her a couple of times, but she does this thing of power posing, the Superman power pose, to remind herself that you are great and strong. Mm, That's good. You know, I think it's, you know, the, I think it was the color purple of, there's the scene where the woman's, you know, is telling the other woman, you are strong, Mm -hmm. you are pretty, you, you are liked, you are powerful. And I think most of us don't believe that about ourselves. Yeah. So we don't feel like we deserve to get our dreams yeah. and that we deserve to acknowledge to the universe what we want. And then other people, I believe if you tell the universe, whatever, however you define that, what you want, it will conspire to get it for you. Yeah. But if you don't, then you die sad and miserable and... Uh, and life's too short for that. Yeah, and I think what you're saying is really good, too, for point leaders who are trying to inspire this in the people that they're leading. Because I thought back to, um, well, yesterday, actually, I was listening to one of our old episodes because uh, I had a question about something. I remembered you answered the question in that episode, but it was about our hiring process. And um, I think back to when I went through the hiring process and I took that initial assessment. Um, I think before then and before meeting you and you as a leader telling me you're awesome and you have this potential and you have this, I had kind of resigned myself to I'm only ever going to go this far. I knew I was talented. But I I had a report. Right. I had a a third party independent report that told me Mm -hmm. how incredible you were. Yeah. And so I had zero doubt about it. Yeah. But nobody had ever told you that. Exactly. That existed. Yeah, and you you use what you knew, and you use the resource to reinforce greatness in someone else. You know, my uh, one of my great friends, Bill Johnston, who's the the CEO of, of uh, Greenleaf Trust, and um, Bill is this kind of incredible thought leader. And Bill gave me great coaching. Must be fifteen years ago now. He said, you know, you can't want more for people than they want for themselves. Absolutely. But as the leader. You've got to help them figure out what they want. Mm-hmm. So, and really what it's telling me, because I get up in a world where I've always been the point leader. I'm the boss. I, you know, I get up and I get to make decisions every day. And that's what I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. I've never not wanted to be the boss. Yeah. You know, when I played rugby, if we're five meters out, I want the ball. Mm-hmm. And 
but you can't assume everybody else wants that. Right. So if they don't want that, that's what failure is. Right. And so you but people in most cases can't tell you what they want. So you can't help them get greatness. So right. as a point leader, it's your responsibility to help draw that out, to create a safe environment where they can share what they want and what's important to them. Mm -hmm. And I remember once um, having a, a young woman on my team who I and envisioned having this great executive career. Mm -hmm. And we went, kind of went through this discussion, and she said, I'll tell you what I want. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. I want to figure out a way that my husband has a job that pays enough that I can stay home, yeah. and we can still own a house, and we can do this. And, uh, and then when my kids get this age, I want to work part-time. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we helped her do those, helped her husband That's get awesome. a different job. And she did exactly that and um, still is working part-time mm -hmm. in jobs that give her great energy mm -hmm. and, but also give her ultimate freedom to be that mom that's there to pick them up yeah. and bake cookies and do all those things that she thinks is important. Yeah, I mean, and I love that because what I hear for her is she had a very good sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that this question, being able to answer this question is, you know, intimately tied to knowing your purpose. And so I think people who can usually answer that question, what do you want? What do I want? It's because they have a good sense of purpose. So how do we begin to kind of uncover our purpose and understand what we're really created to do? It's hard. It's first thing is find a good coach. She'll ask you challenging questions. And that doesn't have to be official things. It doesn't have to be um you know, some organized thing, but it is challenging you to what brings you joy? Yeah. What are the things that you do that you finish exhausted but with energy? Mm -hmm. And so that starts to tell you what what you're hardwired to do. And then to figure out, you know, what are the elements of your life? And I happen to be a member of a group called C12 which is a leadership group for executives in, uh, who are, happens to be a faith-based group. And um, you know, one of the things every month is we are evaluating ourselves on 12 key points. Mm -hmm. Say, how are you doing against this balance in your life? And how are you doing against these things? So taking somebody through an exercise to say, what are the important things for you uh, in your life today? And there are things that just aren't important to me at all mm -hmm. that are on that. Mm -hmm. And they may not ever be important to me. And, uh, but that's okay because I know what I want. I know what I want for my family. Mm -hmm. I know what I want for myself. Mm -hmm. And I know what I want for my career. Yeah. And the people that I get to do work in life with. And, uh, but that's, it changes. And it is hard, mm -hmm. and you need to have an accountability partner to help you check in on that. Absolutely. So imagine that you ask that question to someone, and their answer is, I have no idea. What do you tell them to do next? Uh, first, join the club, because mm -hmm. because it's Olivia Pope. <laughs> Nobody knows what right. they want, or very few people know that they want. And it's that um, you will never figure that out with your pods in. Yeah. You are never going to figure that out with the TV on. You are never going to figure that out, um, you know, in a room full of noise. You've just got, you've got to go spend some regular time. And it may take 20 minutes every morning for six months. Yeah. 
but it will come to you. Whether you're journaling, whether you're just in thought, whether you're prayer, whatever your tradition is. You know, I like this idea of journaling. Um, and there are so many ways to do it. You can look up, you know, the internet and, you know, there's a thousand different ways to figure out how to journal and journal things. For me, I journal around a word. Mm-hmm. It, uh, you know, I'll so a lot of times open my Bible or open up a leadership book that I'm reading and some word will strike me and I will contemplate that. It might take three minutes and it might take 30. Yeah. But I then begin to write down and help figure that out. And, uh, you know, I was with a group of senior leaders. Probably the average age was 45 or 50. Mm-hmm. And it was, weird. what do I do now that I've achieved my goals? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And, uh, and that's part of this idea this year, this series of staying great. Um, because I see a lot of leaders get to a point that you've won and won and won. Mm-hmm. And now, what do I do now? Yeah. You know, I've got the wife I wanted, and I've got the kids I wanted, and I have the job I wanted, and we're doing, we're taking the, you know, 3.2 weeks vacation a year that we want, and all these things that I planned are done. Now, what do I do? Yeah. You know, Bob um, uh, Buford wrote a great book called Halftime mm-hmm. around some of those concepts, but it, it's not easy. But know that everybody's going through it. Yeah, definitely. So, Ron, what do you want? What do I want? What I really, really want? Yeah. So, I guess I want Spice Girls today. Yeah. You know, I, I'm like, it's one of my hidden places. So, I was Spice in girls. fourth grade when the Spice Girls got big. And, I mean, you couldn't tell me that I wasn't scary Spice because that's who I thought I was. It was well, great. I, I, I never could remember any of the names of them. So, they all had fake names. Yeah. My uh, Smoochie Spice is my favorite. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so I, yeah, so uh, what do I want? I want to spend the rest of my career and my life multiplying. Mm-hmm. I want to pour into other leaders and communities that um, thrive around this idea of creating more and better jobs and economic opportunity for people. And, um, and I want to do it for as long as I want to do it which means I have to focus on my health and focus on both mental and physical. And those are, those are the ones that present the challenges for me. Yeah. Well, that's great. That is really good. And I ask you that question because I think it helps people to hear what types of things are answered. So I think that's a really good place for us to wrap up. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah. Don't, don't be scared. Too many people in this world are, you know, scared of, of failure. But when they really define it, they're really scared of being seen as failure. So fear of man, yeah. fear of perception. And here's the truth. Nobody, even, nobody cares about you. Right. Nobody's looking at you to see yeah. whether you win or lose. Those are self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, since I already cussed once and my mom's already, I'm sure, written me a nasty email to tell me don't, it's common and I should do, but just go spend the week kicking ass. Yeah, you can absolutely. do it. We believe in you. And, uh, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for joining us. If today's conversation has ignited greatness in you, take your next step and visit ronkitchens.com to gain more inspiration and to connect with Ron. 
You can also tweet Ron at Ron Kitchens. Until next time, keep moving, always forward.